millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Marketers and business owners, you've been pining after a certain someone. Your job's on the line. You're desperate for them to like you back. Here's a word of advice from me. Talking is hot. Just you and them, finally alone, like us two right now. Maybe under the duvet, headphones on, one-on-one. Podcast advertising is proven to be one of the best ways to catch their attention. So surprise them while they're tuned in, while the moment's right. Say a line or two that really gets them going. Next time, if you want to win over your special someone and build some brand love, experiment with something new, just focus on your voice. Advertise on more than 100,000 podcast shows with Acast. Head to go.acast.com slash closer to get started. Hi, and in today's podcast, we talk to Trix Burgess. Trix talks to us about safety, working for the Department of Main Roads, and for working for Morton Bay Regional Council. Stay tuned. Welcome to Health and Safety Conversations. Here's your host, Tom Bourne. All right. Hi, welcome. And today as my guest, I've got Trix Burgess. Trix I've known for a number of years uh, since we worked together in a training organization. Um, Had the pleasure of working with her for a couple of years. And then I've moved on and she's moved on. So Trix, I know you, but for those who don't, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what your history in safety has been and what you're currently doing now? Okay. Um, well, first off, it's good to see you, Tom. I haven't seen you for a while since we parted ways. Um, what have I been doing? So my history in safety is I um, started in transport and main roads. I was doing admin type roles. And my husband, he was in the safety game. And he said to me, you should do safety. And I'm like, ah, well, you safety people are the same. You just want to make rules so that we get all confused. Um, he had a friend that was the manager of the safety unit, and he said, apply for this admin job, so I did. And that was like ooh, 2003, four, 2004, so that's 17 years ago. Um, then um, I was the safety advisor for our commercial arm in transport and main roads, which is road tech. Loved my job, loved the people. Um and then uh, politics, as it does, has a way of changing or forcing change. So after Campbell Newman came through, <clears throat> sorry, I wasn't supposed to mention any names, was I? But anyway, uh, after Campbell Newman came through, um, I decided I needed to do something in, still in safety. So I did a little bit of consulting and I also then became a trainer. And I did training for about eight years, I think. And then I decided I need to go back to safety. So I applied for a job at Morton Bay Council. Eight months later, I'm still there. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Your time for the Department of Transport on Main Roads. 
What sort, what sort of safety issues did you come across there? Oh, there's, so the, um, the commercial arm of transport and main roads used to do all the road maintenance, like putting down the black stuff, putting down the lines and all of those types of things. So they were your normal, um, you know, and road construction, your normal cars, traffic, all of those types of things. But there was also the human um, interaction. So there was a lot of, at that particular time, there was a lot of psychosocial risk um, raising its, its head, which was not a good, good space to be in. Um, we also had, uh, you know, with bitumen, hot mix, all of those types of things. Working out in the weather, you know, in Queensland, it does get pretty warm. And when you're pouring bitumen, it's even warmer still. Mm-hmm. So those are most of the, mostly the hazards at transport and main roads. I, I, have to, I have to laugh because I, I see some people's comments when they see how much, uh, you know, the stop and go uh, uh, operators actually earn yep. in the commercial field. And they go, oh, how easy would that be? You just stand there all day and just flip us on. And I just, I just go, no. you're literally standing on your feet every day in the weather and you're dealing with, Angry people. Let's be honest. Yes. They're angry yep. people. No one likes to be held up. No one that I've seen actually budgets time in trip planning around roadworks. And so you've got angry people all the time, um, people who aren't paying attention. And you're right there with vehicles, you know, it's it's easy to get hit. So yeah, I, anyone who does that job, I give them a hats off because it's something I probably wouldn't be prepared to do. And the, and the easiest thing, you know, to acknowledge with the work that they do is if you are driving through a, a road work site, just wave out to them. They'll wave mm. back. That, that's that they acknowledge, you've acknowledged them. And you are correct. You know, the, um, oh, there was a, the, the change in the, well, what was then the MUT, the Manual of Uniform Traffic Control Devices, try saying that when you had a few, or the MUTCD. They actually brought into place where traffic controllers could only be on shift, and I think it was for two hours. Then they have to have a stand down. I think it was a half an hour break. So, you know, the, um, but a lot of them never used to take them um, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they are standing out in the weather, getting stuff thrown out of cars. You know, had a guy got hit by, by a frozen fish, by dirty nappies. You know, it was just terrible. Yeah, uh, I, I see. But council, in particular, when they're yep. doing any roadworks, they they employ things at least these trucks with these collapsible back ends and that. I, I I used to think, how on earth or why on earth would you need trucks which can withstand impact? And that um, it seems strange that people would drive into I don't know stationary vehicles. Does it happen a lot? Um, oh, the statistics on um, rearing crashes. Is, so that the, the vehicle you're talking about is called a truck-mounted attenuator, um, and it is designed to do that. Oh, in the time that I was at main transport and main roads, we would have had about four or five. Um, be, at, at, all it is is people not paying attention to their surroundings. Mm. Um, you know, we actually the, had a... They've got cameras on the back of them, so you can actually see the car coming. And we've actually had a, seen a photo of a guy. He was actually asleep at the wheel yeah. um, when he smacked into it. Um, so, you know, they, 
um, statistics that, that look at all of that is available on the main Rose web website. But the thing that um, is really scary is at nighttime, when you're doing nighttime works, your, the increase of uh, the risk goes up, it doubles. Mm -hmm. um, but the best uh, control method we have, uh, you know, people, they wear blue uniforms and they have these red and blue lights on top of their vehicles. And as soon as they flip them on, everybody does the speed limit. Yeah. And it's 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 quite um quite quite a quite a good thing. The however is unfortunately policemen have a job to do as well. So you know they we can only get them on certain occasions. Yeah, and I believe they're uh, not very cheap when they're doing that sort of role as well. Well, yeah, and, and you know there is a like at Morton Bay City Council, uh, Morton Bay Regional Council, not a city council yet. Uh, regional council, they don't um, employ policemen to do mm. that or put them on a special. And I'm questioning it and going, why? Because I've already had a high-speed chase through one of the roadworks that happened that night. Mm. Mm. Speaking of Morton Bay Regional Council, yeah, one of the fastest, I believe it is, the fastest-growing council in terms yes. of population in Queensland. Yes. And fairly young demographic compared to other places maybe not as young as logan but it's fairly young in, in demographic and yeah literally if if you build houses people will move there that's how popular it was i was in there a few years ago um lovely place called north lakes um what sort of hazards have and safety issues have you found working with morton bay regional council um so the area i look after is roads and drains so these are the people on the roads and there's also the people looking after our drainage network. Mm. Um, and I also have fleet. So fleet are our, our mechanics. So they get all the plants, they maintain the plants and all of those types of things. Um, with any public service, and I should have probably explained this a little bit better, but with any public service, your biggest hazard are your um, the people that you're serving. Mm. So we're talking our ratepayers. Um, and when I was with Main Rose, it was our taxpayers. Mm. So um, we, you know, the, the amount of incidents that we get around interaction with clients, um, and it's, it's not always good. So like, during, you know, your typical week, your five-day week, you would have at least 15 to 20 not very good interactions between council workers and, and ratepayers. Yeah. Um, those would be our biggest hazards, um, along with traffic and, and you know, um, uh, waterways um, as well. So we look after you know, anything that's sort of in the water but sort of close to the shore. That's where our guys will go and retrieve it and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, council is a diverse workplace, really diverse. Enjoying it? I'm totally enjoying it. Yeah, uh, totally enjoying it. Bit of, bit of a change from the old training game. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, um, I, I heard, and the reason I went back to safety was because I heard somebody say, you know, those that can't train, and mm. that really annoyed me. And I'm like, right, that's it. I'm going, I'm training, and I'm going to go back yeah. out to the field. They, those who can't do train. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's maybe that's not the case. Not, not the case. But <laughs> um, uh, drains. Drains, vitally important. Mm -hmm. uh, especially around about anywhere from about December to February in that yes. part of the world. Yep. Uh, I know a lot of the issues in Brisbane 
in our major sort of flooding events could have been perhaps slightly lessened if the drains were maintained and kept clear. Constant yep. job for you guys? Yeah, um, it is. The, however, is that because of the way the infrastructure is structured, we can only look after um, so many drains. The, the rest of it is, is held by Unity Water. Mm. So there's that whole interaction between Unity Water and Council and also, you know, Transport and Rain Raising Council and all of these types of things. But the drainage infrastructure, it does need a lot of work. Um, the, you know, the hazards that, that come with that, though, is asbestos because there is a lot of drainage that's still got asbestos in it. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you talked about dealing with the public and client interactions did a, bit, did a bit of work for brisbane city council um yeah i don't think people really understand how much angst and grief uh people who are on the front line and deal with the public actually get um many psychosocial issues come, come out of these uh, interactions with uh, ratepayers Yes, there, um, not only with the ratepayers, but um, it also seems to be that with the whole psychosocial um, hazards, and now that's a thing. Mm. Um, Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Marketers and business owners, you've been pining after a certain someone. Your job's on the line. You're desperate for them to like you back. Here's a word of advice from me. Talking is hot. Just you and them, finally alone, like us two right now. Maybe under the duvet, headphones on, one-on-one. Podcast advertising is proven to be one of the best ways to catch their attention. So surprise them while they're tuned in, while the moment's right. Say a line or two that really gets them going. Next time, if you want to win over your special someone and build some brand love, experiment with something new, just focus on your voice. Advertise on more than 100,000 podcast shows with ACAST. Head to go.acast.com slash closer to get started. In terms of the law, um, people are still trying to wrap their head around it, and especially at the management level. Um, on the grounds, you know, um, as a safety business partner, uh, I already knew this was happening. Um, and it was simply because as a trainer, you have to, to maintain your currency, so you have to do research. Um, now, you know, the processes that we have in place, and especially for, you know, our library staff, they, mm. they are getting, they get hammered by, no, I mean, not physically hammered, but they get abused by people. Our people that are at the Weybridge, at the dumps, they get abused, you know, cars will just try and get under the boom gate and all of that sort of stuff. So having the management um, or the executive leadership team you know, come on board and say, okay, safety, we need you to work with um, the HR people so that we can collaborate and start looking at how we are going to, um, you know, put control measures in, 
um, how are we going to, to write procedures and processes around psychosocial risk and all of those types of things? It's been quite an interesting journey. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like you, you're managing those issues or is it, is it still the case that with my experience with most psychosocial issues yep. is that very few people will put their hands up and admit they're struggling with issues. They'll, they're the ones who actually just quietly resign and leave because they just can't take it any longer. Oh, yeah, the, the examples that, that I've seen in, in council, and, and this is where I take my hat off to council, is that they have a dedicated wellbeing team and that's what they look after. Um, you know, other psychosocial um, incidents that happen. But they, they also team with um, the HR people. Now, they, um, we are still, because we are, like, the field staff are mainly men, and they're mainly men over a certain age, we are still trying to get that. It's okay for you to talk to somebody about what you're going through message out there, and it's slowly changing. It's, it's a slow process, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, in regards to the library staff, I can imagine um, some of the issues um, that may come up there because they are so exposed. And yes. um, yeah, and I'll be, I'll be quite honest, some of the areas in Morton Bay Council are very low socioeconomic. Yeah. Uh, and so people tend to rely on library services a bit more than they would in other areas, perhaps. Um, any, any possible solutions? For our poor old library staff? Um, in terms of interaction, oops, sorry, there's the interaction with um, other um, like other agencies. So, you know, getting security. Can you still hear me, Tom? I can hear you. I just oh, can't yeah. see you. Oh, that's okay. It's because my video is giving it. Oh, hang on. Oh, that's okay. You, you remember what I look like. <laughs> so you know, um, I don't. I don't believe that having security staff, arming our, our, you know, our libraries with security staff is the answer. Um, but getting our our librarians in, in it and you know, giving them the training to be able to not only um, handle the um, not be afraid to do a little, you know, I, I would love to say let's 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 take them to self-defense classes where they can, you know, defend themselves, but unfortunately we can't. So, you know, what can we do for our library staff? Um, you know, more security, yeah, but more assertiveness training too as well, mm -hmm. um, I believe. And also making sure that they have, um, you know, like if you've just been confronted by a customer, go for a walk. Mm. You know, those, those, those simple things that we can do to help them get back into the headspace that they need to be into. Excellent, excellent. And I understand you're doing a bit of study at the moment. What's that about? Yeah, 54 years of age and decided to give uni a crack. It's <laughs> like, oh, really? Shouldn't you be retiring or something? Okay, so at the moment, I, am, I just thought I'd ease into an associate degree of mm -hmm. OH&S, so not a full-on degree, but the associate degree. Um, and why am I doing that? Um, I, I've got a mind that needs to be kept active. So when I wasn't studying, I was finding that I was getting really bored um, and I was just 
you know, just doing lots of Facebook and all of those sort of types of things. Um, and it was also a good opportunity to see what else was out there in terms of research um, and, you know, like this is how I discovered, um, you know, safety differently, you know, who's driving safety differently, what is safety differently and all of those types of things. Um, it's also a good opportunity for me to, to start um, doing ac more academic writing, which I was really horrible at. Still not that good, but, you know. Um, it's a learning process. Um, and at the moment, the um, topics we've covered or I've covered in my degree, uh, socio-technical design, um, which is all around how humans and machines and all of that interact with each other and the, the social mismatches. Um, at the moment, I'm doing um, investigation, um, introduction to investigation, and this is not CSI. Um, and that's what our uh, tutors tell us. So, you know, we've covered evidence, um, how to log evidence. Um, next week, we're covering photography and all of that sort of stuff. So it's just probably expanding my horizons more than anything else. Good, good. Uh, who are you studying with? I'm studying with uh, Central Queensland University. Ah, excellent. Recommend yeah, them? I do. I really do. Um, I started my... There's a, I used to call it baby uni. So those of us that didn't go to uni ever, there was a course that you could do. And they would step you through what, what does academia mean? How do you write something? It was it was just excellent, excellent course. All right. A couple, couple of questions. I'll ask you about investigation. Sure. A little bit about investigation. Um, just a couple of questions I have. All right. Um, I know you're familiar with the five or sometimes called six whys. Yeah. You a fan of that or not? Um, I'm not a fan of anything that is linear. So your five ways can be very linear. It will just take you to one point. Mm. Um, and the thing with five whys is your first why has to be the right why. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> because everything else falls under it. You ask the yes. wrong question at the start. And to me, it's almost like leading questions. Yes. That first question you have, you're already deciding basically what the outcome probably is down the bottom. Um, yeah, look, it's a great idea. And uh, I used to work with a, a former Queensland detective and he said, to find out the truth, you just keep asking why. But the five wives five or sometimes six wise that's used in uh, health and safety investigation to me it's really open to personal bias um, and to me it's almost like we're trying to point the finger at a particular individual when we get down to the last why um, yeah or alternatively oh sorry or alternatively you can always come down to the last why and say oh it's a safety culture on the site I mean, that's a throwaway line. Yes. But you can always end up there. Yes, most definitely. Um, also, you know, you may not even get to five whys. You might only get to three um, at the stage of your investigations um, because you can't answer the next why because you've got to go away and find the evidence. True. Um, so the one thing I've learned, um, and I'm just going to use this analogy that I picked up from uni, um, investigation is when you want an investigator 
it's like you're in a tunnel and you're especially you're looking towards the end now what's happening is on the outside of the tunnel there's all of these things influencing how that person was working and you can't see that um and it was just just so interesting you know when I thought about it I was like yeah that's right too you you are in the tunnel and you're trying to figure out what the heck is going on so you've got to get rid of your conscious bias you know mm. which is hard to do as an investigator true true uh you you talked about uh safety differently um <laughs> I've got to tell you, I'm a big fan of it uh, myself. The, yeah. the the light bulb moment for me was when I had a, a very senior uh, safety professional just come out with a few words, and that is, all humans make mistakes. And I was like, well, that's true. There's none of us who <laughs> never made a mistake. There's none of us who've never been distracted. Uh, and people do make mistakes. So the old story of trying to desperately turn humans into robots so that we don't make mistakes, it will never work. It will never work. Um, it's To me, it's more about building systems that are resilient mm -hmm. when mistakes are actually made. But um, I don't know. That's just me. I, 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 I tend to believe that the systems we have should allow for some mistakes to occur, not be yes. encouraged, but allow yep. for them to occur. And maybe the outcome isn't a death or a, or a serious injury from that mistake instead. Yeah, the, um, you know, the, the, the light bulb moment for me with safety differently was the work is imagined versus work is done. I'd mm. never heard that before, you know. Um, and also, you know, how do you, why is it that when we ask, you know, what makes a good marriage, we look at divorce statistics? That doesn't tell us anything. Um, <clears throat> but they, probably the most interesting thing about, um, you know, safety differently is that it's not saying get rid of your systems altogether. It's saying how about you have a different look at how your systems are working where are you getting your information from? Are you getting your information from your procedure that was written by somebody who had no clue about what was going on out there versus mm. take your procedure, go out and run it up against what the people are doing out in the field? Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> all right, Trix, I think that's about all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for coming on board and sharing no worries, some Tom. of your time. It's been really enjoyable to catch up with you again. And I will speak to you again soon. Thanks for listening to Health and Safety Conversations with Tom Bourne. Until next time, stay safe and enjoy the rest of your week. Marketers and business owners, you've been pining after a certain someone. Your job's on the line. You're desperate for them to like you back. Here's a word of advice from me. Talking is hot. Just you and them, finally alone, like us two right now. Maybe under the duvet, headphones on, one-on-one. -on -one. Podcast advertising is proven to be one of the best ways to catch their attention. So surprise them while they're tuned in, while the moment's right. Say a line or two that really gets them going. Next time, if you want to win over your special someone and build some brand love, experiment with something new, just focus on your voice. Advertise on more than 100,000 podcast shows with Acast. 
head to go.acast.com slash closer to get started.